This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to another very special edition of Lead Singer Syndrome. This one's super exciting because I don't talk to one, I don't talk to two, I talk to three different lead singers, and they are all appearing on this year's Vans Warp Tour. Before we jump in, I gotta make sure to tell you guys, you gotta be subscribed. And the reason you have to be subscribed and why it's even more important is because tomorrow... I'm coming at you with part two of the Warp Tour special with three more singers that are on this year's tour. Now, sadly, Silverstein, we did the whole thing last year, so we won't be on it, but I hope to come by a few dates. Um, a little history on my Warp Tour uh, experience, and I do talk about this later in the episode, but my very first Warp Tour was in 1997. I attended the tour in London, Ontario, and it was the third year they'd ever done it. I really wanted to go in 96 because my favorite band, and still one of my favorite bands of all time, No Effects, was playing, and I couldn't get a ride. So in 97, me and my friends, we begged my friend's dad to drive us all the way to London, Ontario, which is, you know, two hours from Toronto, basically, to go. And it changed everything for me. Warp Tour changed everything for me. I, I remember I saw some of my favorite bands like Pennywise, Lagwagon, Mill and Colin, uh, Blink-182 played that year, actually, and I missed them to watch Mill and Colin instead. And there was another band whose first record I dug. They were called Sugar Ray. <laughs> and their singer jumped right on top of me, and I was like, whoa, this is pretty nuts. And the other thing about Warp Tour, it was the first time I ever experienced just seeing band members you know, walking around the park. I saw two guys from Lagwagon, and I was just like, hey, Joey. And he's like, hey, man. And I was like, can you sign this? He's like, of course. And like, you know, having that experience as a 16 year old, um, you know, for me, it was just crazy. And I have gone to Warp Tour every year since. And Silverstein has been lucky to perform on the tour now six times. So today it goes without saying we have a great show. I speak with Kellen Quinn from Sleeping with Sirens. I speak with Aaron Barrett from Real Big Fish. And I speak with my friend Daniel from Capsize. All awesome people, all from different walks of life, different generations. I thought it was great to include them all together. And you really have, you know, somebody that was an artist on the very first one. I saw. I saw Real Big Fish play in 97. And then a little bit later generation, Sleeping With Sirens. And now kind of the new breed with Capsize. So it's a really great mix, a great episode. Sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy. I also really want to thank Kevin Lyman and everybody at Warp Tour for letting me do this giving me the list of bands early so I could figure out who I wanted to talk to. And of course, Jabberjaw Media, my producer Nick, Mike Mowry for helping me put this all together as well. And please, once you're subscribed, feel free to go check us out on social media. We got a Facebook, we got an Instagram, we're on Twitter. Hit us up on there with your suggestions for other shows. And if you're just checking out this for the first time, we've got like 18 of these already we've done, and they're all pretty sweet. So thanks again for all that. And if you want to hit me up by email, it's real simple. It's just leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. The first guest needs no introduction. He's an amazing singer, dynamic frontman, in a very successful and great band. Here's my conversation with Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens. Stay for 
Hello, Shane. Hey, man. Can you hear me okay? What? I can hear you, yeah. What's up, dude? Awesome, man. I'm, I'm just hanging out. I'm, uh, we're on tour. I'm at the, I'm sure you know it, the uh, Sunshine Theater in Albuquerque. Oh, I know that place very well. <laughs> I've heard it's haunted. I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, I haven't really experienced anything. Not, definitely not like the raves. Oh, yeah? But, you think the raves? That's funny. I was talking to Jenna from Tonight Alive. We were talking a little bit about haunted um, places, and she was at the rave that night, and uh, and we had been there like three days before, and I've heard that that place isn't even haunted. It's really? Just- I've definitely, Dude, I've gotten some crazy pictures. I'll have to- I'll Oh, have to really? Um, uh, oh, I would love to yeah, see Yeah, I've, I've gotten some I've gotten some good pictures, dude. Definitely a lot of orb action going on there. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah. Hey, well, the places- I got a picture. I don't know. I don't- it could have been just a mess up on my phone, but I had someone take a picture of me walking in the balcony from the back, and it looks like there's like this, like white figure, like kind of hanging above my shoulder. Oh, dude! <laughs> so it's pretty trippy. <laughs> Absolutely, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, the rave is like wicked creepy, you know, like because it's all, you know, it's like all just like old fashioned, like, and they have those red lights everywhere, you know. Um, have you have you ever gone upstairs? Have you ever gone upstairs in like the bar area? Like have like the pictures of when it was being constructed? Oh oh yeah no I've checked it like we played there so many times like I've checked it out and I've seen I think the first time we played there was like probably close to fifteen years ago so like like it's changed even over fifteen years it used to be even like way even, like the pool and all that stuff is like super creepy and like the roof I don't know if you can still go up on the roof but. It's weird, man. Yeah, well, there's like there's a picture of like a black and white when they're constructing like the old building, and if you look at the beams at the top, there's just like three pentagrams. <laughs> really? Damn. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we make it. Maybe we make it creepier than it really is. But maybe it's good to like. It's good to like have. I I always loved going like ghost hunting when I was little. So absolutely. <clears throat> no. Anything to make a day on tour a little more interesting as well um anyways man let's jump into it man um basically we're we're gonna chat a little bit about warp tour which you guys are are slotted on the entire thing this year yep it must be nice to finally be able to talk about it yeah it's good dude it's it's exciting i um i always love doing warp tour you know we've done like we've done like a couple days like over the over a couple years like we, we would just do like four or five dates but it's just not the same it's like when you when you do the whole thing, you get in like a rhythm and you can tell like when you go watch other bands that have been doing it from the beginning of the summer, there's definitely a rhythm. They go up on stage. They know exactly what they're doing. They of kill course. it. And um, there, it's just really there's no other tour like it. I mean, I've been we've been in a band for about six years now and um, it's just fun. It's awesome. It's it's a quick set, which is which is nice because when you're on a normal tour, you're playing for like an hour or so now, especially for us headlining now. You're, it's almost like an hour to an hour fifteen. Yeah. And so when you get to go on a summer warp tour vacation and only play for thirty minutes, it's like, it's no problem. It's like the fastest set probably now for us. Right. So. But the the problem, and and you know we've done warp tour. My band's done warp tour what, six or seven times now. The problem we always have is like you know we have seven albums. You guys have what four albums now. How do you pick a set list? Yeah, like what songs do you play? <laughs> That's the worst part for me, you know. So what we've done, what we've tried to do is actually switch it up every day, and you know we we'll do like I love that we'll do like yeah. So we'll set it up so we can do like let's say we have like seven or eight slots of songs we can play. We'll be like all right, so we can open with like these like three or four songs, and then we kind of mix and match. 
So that's something that we like we've tried to do just, you know, especially with so many people traveling to multiple dates like fans, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so that's something we've tried to do. But I know it's not in the cards for every that's, band. That's, but That's nice. You must not have a lazy band because I feel like I would love to do that. Like, I don't like being confined to, like, click tracks, and I, I hate all that stuff because I like to be able to, like, switch things up on the fly. I think that's the best part about doing music. It keeps it interesting for you. Um, and if it's interesting for you, then it's going to be interesting for the fans and, you know, the kids to watch you because you're excited to be able to, like, kind of put that rock and roll back in rock and roll. But That's my, a super good point, yeah. My band is very lazy, so they like <laughs> to just play the same shit all the time. And it's, it's, it's a constant battle of me being like, dude, we can't just play the same song like we always do, you know? Like, we got to switch it up and do something interesting. So we've definitely talked about doing some interesting stuff for this summer's Warped Tour, about maybe doing, like bringing back some of like the oldest songs that we have, maybe just the surprise kids and maybe seeing if we could do some sort of mashup or something to where right. it's like, Holy shit. I can't believe they played. They haven't played that song in like four years. And then, you know, we're going to have probably a couple new singles by the time Warp tour comes out or at least one new single. So we'll be playing that. Right. Yeah. So it's, you're already like, it's funny, right? You're already talking about like a decent chunk of the set gone, you know, just doing, doing yeah, that. There's stuff. already, there's already yeah, two man. songs. So now we're, you know, we have, and then every time my band's on board, like, you know, Jack, my lead guitar player, he's always like, dude, you just got to play the hypest song. You can't go play any, we can't play any of the ballads. We got to play just like <laughs> the hypest song possible. Because yeah. that's what Warped Tour is. It's all about hype. Right. But can you I'm imagine, like, cool, dude. can you imagine playing an hour and 10 minutes on Warped Tour? You'd die. You would def ever, you would die. There's no other way to put it. You would, there's no way. You'd either, <laughs> you, yeah, you would, you'd either, you would die or you'd end up getting asthma from all the dust. Oh yeah, ah, oh, the dust is the worst. That is the worst. I, I, somehow I forget about the dust. I know, like, I don't know how because it's a real thing. But when I think back to warp tours in the past, I think of the heat. I think of like having to walk like five miles to get to the get to catering or something. I don't think about the dust, but that might be the worst part. But you know what, though, it's uh, as much as you and I can be like, yeah, that sucks. Like, think about the kids that sit out there all damn day. So it's like, I can't really complain because you get to go back to air conditioning and, like, kids don't get to do that. So props to kids coming out to show yeah. on Warp Tour and sticking it out all day. Like, thank you guys. Absolutely. Like, appreciate it. <laughs> I, I mean, you must have went to Warp Tour as a, as a fan when you were a kid, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I did. And Isn't it amazing, though? Like, like global, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I feel like global warming is definitely taking an effect, though, dude. Because, like, when you play, like, Arizona – or Vegas, it's almost just, like, unbearable. Like, I always am thinking, like, I don't know how kids are doing this all day long, you know? I know, I know. Well, you remember in 2013, we were we were both on the tour. That day in Vegas yep. was crazy. Like, Dude, my uncles came, and the one one of my uncles had to, like, go home because he was just so, like, he, he like, passed out. And he couldn't even handle being out there for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and like, he, he loved there. my life yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. But no, I think, I don't know, it's it's a combination. Like, I've been going to Warped Tour either playing or as a fan since 1997. That was the first one I went to. Mm -hmm. um, and and I swear, like, back then, I don't think it was that much hotter. Uh, I'm also from Toronto, so I'm not, I'm not from Vegas or Phoenix. But right. um, I'll tell you, man, I would be there from, like, like I'd be the first one in line. I'd be the first one, like the last one to leave. I like wouldn't stop, you know. And I honestly think it's just because I'm in my 30s now. <laughs> I think that's the real story. <laughs> I think I think it's just like the excitement. I mean, that's the cool thing about Warped Tour. There's yeah. so many artists to see. Even if you haven't like heard of an artist before, 
you know, there's so many like stages and you never know. I mean, like you could be watching a band play like on the grass and then two years later they're playing main stage. So you never know. Like it's, it's cool to like check out all the bands that you love on main stage and some of the bigger stages. But my advice is to keep an eye out for some of these younger bands coming up that you may not have heard of, like give them a listen and give them a check out. Because like, I remember watching under oath from first to last play on Ernie ball stage, like under oath played Ernie ball stage right before they're only chasing safety dropped. And then like, like the next year dude, they were just massive. So it's like, I got a chance to see them play before they were like big. And that's just like a cool story to have. Was that in Florida? Did you grow up in Florida? Is that right? Uh, no, I saw them play in Michigan. It was in, uh, Oh, Michigan. Okay. I think it was in Detroit. Okay, yeah, so. no, yeah, that's crazy. No, I um, and that was like in probably '04, I think, and we were with yeah, it was '04. Uh, yeah, we were on we were on the same stage as um, as Under Oath too at that time. I watched you guys. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I stuck, I stuck, I stuck basically to that stage because those were all my favorite bands. Yeah, it was so. such a cool time, man. Like, and we we really felt like with yeah, you just mentioned from first to last and us and Under Oath. Like, there were times I think it was like the Smart Punk stage to be honest with you, what it was called. And we okay. we would play we yeah we would play back to back and it was like really cool because we felt like there was this sort of movement happening you know at that time yeah and, and yeah. I think that that still exists on Warp Tour um, you just got to dig deep and I, I totally agree with you like yeah if you're if you're at Warp Tour and you know maybe you're not feeling like one of the main stage bands definitely take a walk around and check out some things because there is some like amazing bands happening all day long. And we've all, Absolutely. none of us started yeah. on the main stage. Like we all, you know, we all started on, I mean, we, we started on a stage that wasn't even like on the schedule, you know, <laughs> the first year we played. Yeah, thing. Like, so, yeah, there's, I remember, I remember walking around in 2004 and, and like discovering some of my favorite bands, like weren't even playing on a stage. They were playing literally on the grass. So I think that it's important to, to definitely like to to look at the schedule, cross off some of the bands. Like if you've seen a band before, like my thing is if you've seen them, you've seen them. Yeah. It's cool to like check it out and see them again on Warped Tour and, and have like that energy and all that stuff. But maybe like if you've seen a band a few times, like skip that band and go see someone else, like check out something else and, and open your experience up to listening to new music. Cause I think that's the best thing about Warped Tour. Absolutely, man. Totally agree. And um, I remember in, in th- in thirteen, you guys had like kind of like a crazy living room set up in the parking lot every day. You guys got plans for for making it a little more comfortable again this year. <laughs> um, I was actually talking to some of the other bands that are be playing work tour about doing a um, about what I called it is a American barbecue party every day, just like playing like Leonard Skinner, yeah, uh, playing like playing like um you know the eagles and just like bringing you back to that like your dad cooking you hamburgers in the backyard and and just doing it american style and uh thinking that would be pretty funny to do something like that and um so i don't know we'll see what happens i mean i definitely would like to do a lot more like grilling out and and just hang out yeah bring out the couches and just have like a chill spot yeah yeah no i remember you guys having a pretty sweet sweet little setup a couple years back and um we we kind of ripped it off actually we did work tour last year and we had what we ended up doing is well well and this is true people might dispute this we invented the back porch you know when you take your trailer door and you like put yeah. something under it so it's flat so you can sit on it 
We we invented that. We did. It's true. Oh yeah. But Dude, I what, remember. Okay, I love that. You re- yeah. Okay, so we invented it, but we took it a step further last year. We got some astroturf, stapled it on to, <laughs> to the back. Yeah, and we 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 tried to have like the best hangs, uh, the best hangs on the tour. That was like what we tried to be known for. So uh, hopefully, See, that's, the, with that's sirens, the cool thing about. Go ahead, man. Yeah, that's the cool thing about about Warped Tour is like it's almost like camping, dude. So it's like when you, it's all it's all about like finding your favorite campsites. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's sweet and it's cool if you got the cool campsite. That's right. You well, feel hey. like the cool shit on the block as people are cruising over. Absolutely. Well, you got thirty only thirty minutes on stage, so you got another like twenty three and a half hours of the day to hang, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> maybe this year we'll bring out like. 12 to 13 puppies dude and we'll just have like a puppy petting section dude. so you can come out and yes. you can just lay down with a bunch of cute puppies and just get the love in you know yeah i mean it's lonely on it's lonely on tour you got to get cuddles dude so you got to have like some nice soft golden retrievers out there just some soft puppies to cuddle with you guys don't have a bus dog do you when you tour no no we had a bus dog um i think probably the second or third year when we were in a van and oh, uh it just, it, it was just too much work, dude. Like we felt, so I don't like bringing dogs around like loud music and stuff because sure, sure. they can obviously hear better than us. So it's like, it was just rough. I think on, on the pet, I know that Tally from the word alive has his dog that he brings out all the time Oh yeah, and she's freaking cute, dude. He's got like a, like he's got a Frenchie right? and or a Boston Terrier. I'm not sure. But anyways, um, he brings her, he brings his dog out all the time. And so I at least get to. I love dogs. So I get to spend some time with his and that's, that's good for me. So. That rules. Now that rules. So another thing you guys are doing is the road to warp tour, which you're going to Alaska. Is that your first time there? Yeah, it will be my oh, first time there. Dude. It's so beautiful. Are you, are you excited about that? Yeah, here it's awesome. But I almost, I almost wish that we were going during the season where it's just dark the whole time. Cause <laughs> I've seen the movie 30 Days of Night, and I feel like I have a lot of vampire instincts. So, like, oh. I so I'm a night crawler. So, like, an all-day thing, It I heard it's fun, but at the same time, it could piss me off when it's, like, bedtime and it's, like, the sun's still beaming in the window, you know? Yeah, no, it's it, it definitely kind of makes it a bit harder to sleep. But I'll tell you, man, the Alaskans know how to party, like, like so <laughs> insanely that I'm sure you're going to be, like, yeah. a few drinks deep. When it's time to go to bed, so you'll probably fall asleep just fine. Oh, well, we'll see, dude. I mean, my band, not me, me excluded, me and Nick Martin, we're both like the old guys of the band now. So oh, yeah? it's like, you, you'll catch me and Nick Martin Irish dipping pretty early in the nighttime. And we perfect, he perfected it, and I've kind of stole it from him. But basically, he's the king of Irish dip. And, and the Irish dip is just basically like just dipping out without anyone knowing. And there's been times where like, where Nick will be sitting next to me at a bar or something. And I'll turn to the right, and then I'll turn to the left, dude, and he's just gone. And the rest of the guys, like, it'll take him, like, an hour and a half to be like, where'd Nick go? I'm like, dude, he's gone, been gone. Like, he is the <laughs> king of Irish dip. He calls an Uber on his phone. He's out. He doesn't even say goodbye. Wow. So he and I, he and I have, like, established this whole Irish dipping thing, dude. So it's like, we need our, we need our eight hours, he and I. Of sure. course. Absolutely. Well... I mean, make sure you explore when you're up there because Alaska is so, so incredible. Like, I mean, the partying aside, it's just it's so beautiful. So Yeah, I would love to definitely do that. That'll be awesome. And uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I want to ask you about a couple things. I know you guys have an acoustic live record coming out. 
which is a yep. bit different. Not everybody is doing acoustic live records, uh, you know, in, in our world. Yeah. So how did that how did that come about? When does it come out? And uh, are you guys going to be playing any acoustic stuff on Warped? Uh, I don't think we are. Um, and the only reason is because uh, we used to do like the acoustic basement, but I heard they're not doing that this year. Yeah, they're not. No. And uh, and again, I feel like I feel like putting an acoustic song into your set at Warped Tour is just kind of like a I feel like it's a buzzkill, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I I'm, I agree. Just was just was curious. But I, I I'm very excited about that record because. You know, I feel like I'm I'm very much a product of history and, um, you know, history within our scene of music um, has given me a lot of ideas for what to do with our band. You know, we did a acoustic rec two years back and, you know, the starting line did that record right before they did, um, I think it was their second album, their second full length. They did that acoustic record kind of in between. That gave yeah. me the idea to do our acoustic record in between because I remember loving that record so much and it was so different. And I just felt like it was just one of those things that you can kind of hold on to forever. And then, um, you know, Dashboard did the the MTV Live and Unplugged kind of record that they did. So that gave me the idea to do that for us. And it, it definitely has that it has that vibe. Like you you hear the songs, and then you know the thing with live records is what you hear is what you get. You can't really fix those that much. So it's like there's kind of like a unfinished vibe to it, which is nice. Sure. It gives you like the ability to just stand behind what you do. And then you have like the interactions from, from your fans. Like you get to hear the banter from the band talking and, and all of that. And it's just, it's a, it's a really cool thing. If you can't come see us live, pick up the record because you'll be able to experience it in your living room. And that's kind of what we were trying to accomplish. So. Absolutely, and that and that comes out April eighth on Epitaph Records, so make sure everybody checks that out. Oh, another thing I got to ask you because this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. I got to ask you how your voice holds up on Warp Tour, and if you guys have if you have any tricks for the you know the changing schedule and all that. I uh, I feel I feel like it actually holds up a lot better on Warp Tour than it does on other tours. Um, I think anytime you tour in the summer, it's good for you to like to just be outside. I mean, my biggest tip for any singer coming up is to just wake up early, like go to bed early, stay away from going out and being in loud places and yeah. talking over like loud people talking and loud music and then wake up early. Cause the best way to warm up your voice is to wake up, grab some coffee or some tea, something warm on your throat. And then just, you know, do talking throughout the day. Cause that's going to be warming up your voice before you have to go to showtime. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the difference between, Whoop tour and normal shows is, you know, normal shows are going to be playing anywhere between seven, eight, nine, or 10 o'clock at night on Warp tour. You could wake up and find out, Holy shit, I got to play at 11. Yeah. And if you're waking up at 10 o'clock in the morning, then you're hosed. So it's important sure. to, I like to wake up around like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, get some coffee, wake up. And, um, that way, my voice is kind of already there before I start pushing it to like the next level. So that's my advice. That yeah, that's smart. Because you know, if you're out at the barbecue late, and like Lyman sees you out there, you're playing first. <laughs> I know they do that. Yeah, I, I, I just think that I think that especially now, dude, as we're getting older, I think it's important for us to, you know, when you're a young dude and you can you can bounce back from all that stuff, like whatever. But I think it's important for for any band to obviously put into perspective what's most important. And the most important thing is putting on the best show for 
your fans that are paying the money to come out and see you and support you. And if you're going up on stage hungover, drunk, or if you're going up on stage and you've killed your voice because you thought it was more important to spend the night out with your friends talking loud at a bar, then it's just going to end up showing later on in your career and in your life. So it's like important for me now to give our fans who support us over the years the best show that they can come out and see. So that's my goal. Good for you, man. And you're turning 30 next month. So uh, are you ready for that? God, dude, you put that out on blast on a podcast, dude? Oh, dude, come on. I'll Google your name. It comes up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be 30 next month. Um, But I feel like the best I've ever felt. I mean, I haven't really drank for, I mean, I'm not pushing almost a year yet, but I'm getting really close to that. Oh, good for you. Um, Been working out every single day and just trying to get my mind and body back to like, a right place you know as I get older I just kind of like I see my daughter grow up and I think to myself you know what I want to see her graduate and get married and I want to be around for all that stuff so trying to keep myself as healthy as possible and stick around a little bit longer good for you man hey I love I love to hear that stuff and uh I'm glad to hear that you're excited for warp Tour and uh I hope you have a great summer man and I hope to see you around Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I love the podcast. I, I listened to the one that you did with Aaron Gillespie a little bit back. Nice. Yeah. And uh, really, really, really enjoyed it, dude. So keep doing your thing and I'll keep listening to it. Thank you, man. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, you should come on for a full episode sometime. We'll uh, we'll talk. Would love we'll get, it. We'll get nice and in-depth about things. Cool. Sounds awesome. Thank, Thank you, Kellen. Thank you so much, Shane, for having have, me. Yeah. Have a great day, man. All right. Later. All right. Take care. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. 
Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. Hey, I'm back. This is Shane. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kellen. On this podcast, we always play music. So here's one of my favorite Sleeping With Sirens songs from their latest album, Madness. Here's the song Gold on Lead Singer Syndrome. Sunsets on Long Island Roll the windows down in the van Lost my map on the Jersey Turnpike But it's okay, we ain't looking back
Hello again. Up next, we have kind of the ultimate Warp Tour veterans. Uh, like I said in the intro, I saw them play the first time I ever attended Warp Tour in 1997, and they also need no introduction. Here's my conversation with Aaron Barrett of Ska Legends, Real Big Fish. I'm here with Aaron Barrett. Is that how you say your last name? Barrett? Yes, sir. That's easy. That's easy. Um, <laughs> my name is uh, Told, which is like the easiest last name ever, yet somehow people still find a way to fuck it up every day. So I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get I get uh, Barnett a lot. Yeah. Bennett. Yeah, I can see that. The Bennett's. That's right. Well, Thomas, Thomas from Strike Anywhere, I just talked to him a little while back, and his last name is Barnett, so... I could see that. That's an honest mistake. Yeah, absolutely. But then I go to Starbucks. I go to Starbucks and they write my name like the girl spelling on my coffee. Right. Sure. Pisses me off. Really? It makes you angry? Not really. I don't care. <laughs> I'm used well, to it. Well, we're here to talk <laughs> about Warp Tour. and uh, Let's talk about my name some more instead. We could. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> we, we could do, we got to do a full hour, man, and then we can get into all these origins of having a double a double vowel to start your name and all the weirdness with that. But yet you're always oh, first on, on everything that's alphabetical, which probably gets you ahead of the game. <laughs> but unfortunately, right, we'll talk about warp tour. That's fine. You guys are on the whole thing. Uh, is this like, this is like number seven or something for you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did 97. Then we did 2002, 2008. Yep. 2013. Yep. Am I skipping one? Uh, what warp tours did we do? 2010? 2010? Yeah. This so, is the sixth one. Okay. Well, it's safe to Crazy. say you guys Crazy. are you guys are veterans. People say that my band are veterans. And what's funny about that? Do we've you like done... when people say that? Like, you guys are veterans. You're elder statesmen. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't love it. They're just saying you're <laughs> but, old, and it hurts. But it, <laughs> I kidding. don't know. I'm used to it at this point. But you know, um, what's funny about you guys, though, and you said you did it in '97. I saw your band play in 1997. I was 16 years old, and that was my at first tour. Yeah, that was my first Warp tour. No way. Which one? And uh, it was. Well, it was. I'm from Toronto. But that year it wasn't in Toronto. It was in London, Ontario. Oh, okay. So we begged we begged my friend's dad to drive. Like it's like, you know, London is like, I don't know, almost two hours from Toronto. So yeah, we piled yeah. in the car and I, I saw your band play and then I remember yeah, I mean that like back then awesome. it was there was basically like three stages, you know, there was uh Kind of like a regular stage, and then like one that was like basically bands playing on like the back of a flatbed trailer. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was definitely a lot less stages. There was like one main stage, right, and then just like a couple side stages. Yeah, it was. It was. That was it. That was it. And um, obviously, that was now, a good year too. There were so many good bands on that uh, that was, I liked. It was awesome, man. Blink One Eighty Two was on that one. Yeah, I remember Blink One Eighty Two. That was. Um, I missed them because I had to choose between. Them and I think it was Mill and Colin that day. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, and then Liquid 82 was on like a little side stage, too. That's right, they weren't the big deal that they are now. That's right. And then there was, um, and Sugar Ray played, 
and Mark, yep, Mark McGrath Ray. jumped on me. He jumped on <laughs> he you? Jumped, uh, yeah, he jumped like off the stage and landed literally right on me, like shirtless, all sweaty. And that was like, you know. Well, they you're were, stoked, right? He's a hunk. Uh, not really. <laughs> I liked no. the band at all the right. time because they were, they, were like, they were like a metal band back then. It was super weird. Yeah, most of the, that, if you get that album that Fly is on, the big breakthrough hit. Yeah. It's all like punk songs and metal songs, and then there's the one sublimey reggae song. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that because they played Fly, and it was like the total outcast from the set, and I don't think it, the record had even come out yet. And everyone's like, this is a weird song, but, but hey, <laughs> I digress. But Warp Tour has changed. Um, how do you feel about it now, and do you kind of like the way it's changed, or, or do you miss the old days? Uh... I don't know. I mean, a lot of people always talk about, you know, the old days of the Warped Tour. It's not the same anymore. It used to be like this. It used to be like that. But just like like you're saying right now, bringing up Sugar Ray, like there were so many different kinds of bands, even back in the 90s or whatever, right, right. doing the Warped Tour. I mean, Limp Biscuit was on the Warped Tour on that one. That's right. Yeah. Ice T was on it for a while. Yep. Just so many random bands and like different eclectic mix of bands. So I think people forget about that and they just remember, you know, the five bands they went to go see a lot of times. Yeah, I think you're and right. And then I think it's a lot of older people complain about it sometimes because, you know, they were in their teens or early 20s and, like, you got your scene that you're into and you know, this music that you really love and you go see these bands that you're really into. And then, you know, as music trends change and stuff like that, you know, different bands come in and that are popular and you look at it and you know, I don't know any of these bands. So, right. I don't know. I, I think... I'm more open mind about it and just understand that, you know, new bands come up and kids get into them and I don't know. So, yeah, definitely has changed, but it's how could it stay the same? It can't be the same, you know, 10, 20 bands every year. No, no, it can't. I mean, and it could. <laughs> well, they have People like. still complain then too and say, oh, it's always the same bands at Warped Tour every single year. Bad religion every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Well, there's that. that it's have not. to change to stay exciting. Well, there was that It's Not Dead Fest, too, that you played, which was, like, very much a fun. throwback to, uh, you know, the late 90s warp Tour scene. That definitely was a 90s warp Tour. <laughs> that must have been awesome. I wish I could have come out for that. How was that show? That It was, aside from the dirt field that we were all in and just, like, the huge dust cloud that everybody was kicking up and, like, the black lung that we all got from yeah. it, it was pretty amazing. I've got the black lung pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta see Zoolander too. Yeah, I haven't seen I it yet either, man. I oh haven't my seen God. it yet either. Anyway, it's not Dead Fest. Um, yeah, that was. I can't believe how many people showed up too. That was twenty five thousand, or I wow. can't remember. Yeah, it was big. Yeah, and a lot of. I think uh, the Warp Tour people didn't didn't think that like that many older people would come out to a festival like that, which is why they try to keep the. Warp Tour, like the younger kids' music, I guess. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, what, what, you're, make, what you're saying is making perfect sense. And but like, it proved that even older people, old school people that like the old punk rock Warp Tour days will still come out and see that kind of a show, too. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, I mean, obviously there's another, you know, band from your era, Less Than Jake, oh, uh, yeah. who I'm sure you're good buddies with over the years, and they've done Warp Tour like 15 times or something insane. Um, yeah, it's like us or them every other year. <laughs> yeah, like like, do you ever feel like it's the token ska band? You you guys have to get one or the other. It kind of seems like that. Yeah, for a while it was 
us or Less Than Jake every other year, and then and then it became us, Less Than Jake, or Streetlight every year. You're right, yeah. And then uh, now Us and Less Than Jake together, so that'll be awesome. It will be awesome, man. And I mean, it's I mean, there's always synergy in that too, you know. But ska is, I mean, ska is not nearly as big as it was in the late 90s or you know and 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 it was huge for for a few years back then um and i'm sure you've seen it you know go away and get smaller but there are still there's still ska bands out there and there's still people that really give a fuck about it and i mean your your fan base is like still pretty insane uh all over the world so how is that now because i'm a little disconnected from that and I'm just kind of wondering how, how like that is, is if you've seen changes or if people are just like, I don't know if people are trying to relive that era or if it's kind of like a new era now. I think it's a little of both. There's a lot of people that it's nostalgic for them. And then there's always, you know, younger people who are getting into the ska scene and just finding out about it. Yeah. A lot, you know, just like in the nineties, it was on the radio for a minute, you know, a couple of, a couple sure. of bands got on the radio with, and there was like a, some talk about ska in the mainstream, but pretty much it stayed kind of where it was and got even bigger. Actually, I I think that kind of took it up to another higher level of more people knowing about ska in the nineties. And then it just, the underground scene just kind of slowly spread more and more all over the world. Like I wouldn't say that it's gotten smaller. I would say that probably more people know what ska is now than ever. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Even though you don't see a big hit ska song on the radio or anything right now, just I'd say the underground scene is still going pretty strong, which is good for me. Hey, yeah, it's good for you I'm guys. In a ska band. And you, yeah, and you guys are still doing it. And I mean, you know, it was one thing too is like like whether or not we talk about ska or the type of music or whatever the genre. Um, the fact that you guys like you guys really had that um, you know I like to call it like lightning in a bottle with you know having a hit song on the radio back in whatever that was like like ninety seven um, and most bands that do that and kind of you know never can repeat on that kind of success most bands just go away most bands kind of slowly die their albums kind of get worse and worse people care less and less until they're gone and you guys yeah. have not had that happen at all in fact like. I mean, I, I think I saw you guys play, like, in uh, one of the European festivals we did with you guys, and it was, like, insane. Like, you guys were headlining, and there was, like, 50,000 people watching you guys singing every word. It's like, so <laughs> what, do you, is there anything you can attribute that to, or is that just too hard for you to even understand why it happened for you guys? And so many other bands, who just they fall by the wayside. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think our ultimate goal was to be, you know, like, on the radio and you know, be the kind of band that had hits all the time and played that game, you know, the music industry game. Yep. Our goal was to, our goal was to, you know, play shows and make a living just touring and playing whatever shows we could. And just getting the, the hit song in the 90s was kind of a bonus to us and it okay. helped us get the music out to, you know, more people than would have normally heard about us. And uh, Absolutely. Also being in the basketball movie, I think that yeah. was even that helped us even more than sellout being on the radio. You think Just, so? I think so because I feel like, especially nowadays, more people know us from basketball than from having the big hit song. That's in the so 90s. funny, man! Because <laughs> that movie, like, I saw the movie in the theaters. Actually, saw it in the theaters twice. Because um, oh, yeah? I liked it, like I loved it so much that I saw it twice, and I think I might be the only person that ever saw it <laughs> in the theaters twice because it wasn't like it was not a big hit. 
originally when it came out. Oh no! It and was... it took like many many years of of you know that like that I don't know VHS tape probably at the time like getting passed around before that movie became like a cult hit. And now that yeah. you say that, now that you say that, it's it's super funny to me that 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 you really that you really believe that and that that, that that's that that's true. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and I, I mean, you can you can tell because most of the people, not most of the people, but you know, a huge percentage of the people say, "Oh, I love base, I love you guys at basketball. I love Take on Me. I love beer. The the songs from basketball are the ones that people love the most." Yeah, that's so and, funny. Uh, yeah, so pretty crazy, and that's helped us out a lot too. How did that come about back back in the day? How did like the guy, the South Park guys? How did they do they did they go after you or was it? Uh, like a management thing or just, you know? I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that happened. Like, I get asked that all the time, and I'm really not sure because we weren't, like, we were big fans of South Park and Train Matt, but we didn't know them. Yeah. I feel like at that point, South Park was, like, super, super new, too. Or, like, I don't even know if it was. It was pretty new, yeah. Like, really new. Like, I, couple, I feel like I didn't even really years. know about South Park when I saw the movie, which is weird. But I must have, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. But I mean, now obviously South Park's like this huge thing. Like, maybe you should have kept in touch with those guys. <laughs> oh, well, I never got their number. You know, I just got to <laughs> shake their hand and say hi. But yeah, I'm not sure how we got in it. Yeah, no, I. I mean, it's one of those weird things, like where people are like, I don't know, like, and of course that somebody was, probably called. You know, was calling all the record labels. What's the, the hottest new band you got? <laughs> <laughs> And all the hot new bands were busy, so they got us in it. So, <laughs> right on. That's awesome, no man. You guys. I mean, I've I've loved your band for for many years, and it's great talking to you, man. I'll, I just want to. Oh, thanks, man. I won't keep you too much longer, um, but I got to ask you guys about. Uh, you know, the last record came out in like 2012. Uh, you know, yes. you're going to be on the Warp tour. Can we expect something to be coming out pretty soon? Uh, we pretty much decided that. You know, after the last album came out, and then we had a Christmas album come out that we've yep. we've completed our catalog. You know, like we got the greatest hits, we got acoustic album, we got a Christmas album, we got a live album, we got a bunch of studio albums. So really, you don't need any more, do you? Come on. Really? Okay. That there's no, that's. I mean, in, there's a point in a band's career where you just got too much music, and then just imagine a new fan coming in. They don't know they, they get overwhelmed. Too many albums. <laughs> Right, but I mean, doesn't I that? Is, is, are you serious about that? That's my excuse because we don't have a new album coming out yet. Okay, so that's that's not that's not real. <laughs> I, I like to, I like, don't know how to read you, dude. <laughs> There's like it times. Good, right? It it. I mean, that's a headline right there. I guess. Real big fish to retire, but still play shows. Real big fish catalog is complete. I don't know though. I mean, there there is like. There is a certain amount of that, though, like you see, like, I mean, and the last thing I want to call you guys is like a heritage act, because that's like the most <laughs> disgusting throw, like term they throw around these days now, right? But Really? I'm, I haven't heard that one. Heritage act? You haven't heard that? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. It's, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> bands like that are a throwback to a certain genre only, and people only come to see, you know, and they're not doing anything new. And I mean, like, you know, I mean, the, the obvious one would be like the Rolling Stones. Like, when was the yeah. last time they put out a record? But they still tour and it's still massive. And you know, I kind of just thought that that's what you meant by, you know, by saying that. But you're just you're, <laughs> it is you're, true. Though. It is true though. Like I, I sometimes you know I'll get into a band like the Rolling Stones. I've listened to the Rolling Stones a long time, but I'm just a band, you know, an old band that has like a million albums. Like Bob Dylan, I just watched his documentary 
yeah. about him. And I was like, ah, oh, Bob Dylan, awesome. I always loved him. I want to check out more albums. And he's got like 50 albums. Oh, yeah, you don't even know so where to start. I'm like, where do I start? I mean, okay, greatest hits, whatever. Okay, then I get the... <laughs> yeah, but so you... But, you know, I'm working on it. So you are working on a new record. No, I'm working on listening to all the Bob Dylan albums. <laughs> so there's no new album, and there'll never be not one. So much. I love that you're so non-committal, uh, which is which is fuck whatever. That's cool, man. Um, so okay, so geez, I don't even know where to the go. The set from list there. is hard enough to make anyway, you know. Well, yeah, the, the set list. New album in there. That's right. The set list gets harder, but don't you worry about without new material, some of your fans just getting bored, like seeing the same, basically the same set list for the next foreseeable future that you want to keep touring? You would think so, but it seems like over the last 20 years of touring, people go the most crazy over the same songs. So yeah. we try to mix it up and keep it you know, fresh, get some new songs in there, different songs in there. But we always get the biggest reactions for the Turn the Radio Off songs and the, the ones that were in basketball. Right. So there's some other ones that people really like that, that came out later, but... Yeah, it's it's just you it's know, just so really it's worth, uh, worth a try. No, I mean, I mean, there's a couple songs that people really love from our last album, like everyone else is an asshole. Yeah, and I know you too well to like you anymore. I like the Punisher. Those be a good reaction. I like the Punisher song. <laughs> I could relate. I could really relate to that one. There, huh? Of you course, yeah, like. we all have. We all have. Uh, <laughs> man, I didn't even ask you any singing questions, but we got to talk again, man. Um, I would love to have you back on a, on a full episode and really sure, like talk about. Real big fish in your career and and all these old memories, man. But uh, but sadly we're it. out of time. Um, geez, I feel like there's something else I wanted <laughs> to ask you, and now I can't remember. Uh, am I excited to be on the Warp Tour? Are you excited to be on the Warp Tour? Hell yeah! Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of my old friends are going to be on this Warp Tour. I think so. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Make sure you uh, you get the good beer. Make sure you sign up sign up for the good beer. You don't you don't want to be drinking Bud Bud Light all summer. They got the oh, Lagunitas IPA, but it's hidden. So we know their games. Know uh, I know you do. Beer. Seven times on the War Tour. Hey, Aaron, thank you very much for doing this, and uh, I hope to see you around, man. All the best. All right. All right. Hey, uh, one one last thing. I always play music on my podcast. Is there a song um, you want me to rip right now for the people to hear? You got a favorite? Maybe, maybe something a little less known? How about Punisher? We're just talking about there it. There it is. Here's the song about our lives. <laughs> this is Punisher <laughs> by Real Big Fish on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Oh,
how to read that guy and I'm not really sure if he was serious about the real big fish discography being complete uh, or if they got any more music coming I don't know so I'll let the uh, I'll let you guys decide if he was serious or not up next my good friend Daniel from Capsize and they are about as hardworking a band as you could ever imagine they basically do not stop we talk about it a lot in the podcast uh, I really wanted to have him on to talk about his experience because last year he was a crew member. Now he's in a band on the tour. So it'll be interesting to hear that perspective. So here it is, my conversation with Daniel from Capsize. What's up, Daniel? What up? I'm here with Daniel of Capsize. We're on the back of 
my tour bus, and uh, it's nice to run into you guys in L.A. Yeah, man, it's great. Super cool. And you guys are on tour on a little headlining run, yep. just out to, basically just out to So What Fest? Yep, yep. We, uh, you know, we're from San Diego, so we uh, had these starting point shows in, in Riverside and Los Angeles, and yeah, today we're just hanging out, came to visit, being as Notion guys and Rarity guys, and obviously you guys too. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Amorosa too, yeah, we're... Literally have friends all over this tour, so there are rules. Yeah, yeah, so there are rules. Yeah, we're we were just, trying to get you guys to jump on the show. I know, I know, and that would have been really cool. But you know, unfortunately, well, it's a five band bill, and yeah. you know how Los Angeles can be with the I don't the know. red. Some of the red tape you have to cut through to get. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's going happen. down or not, but like being as an ocean was kind of like coaxing us to like just hop on and play like one song literally with all their stuff tonight. Yeah, like literally I, randomly. You so. should do it. I guess we'll see. Yeah, why not? Um, right. Yeah. We'll I'm not opposed it. to it. I mean, hey, we'll, we'll like we'll we'll play a little later, so you can guys yeah, yeah, jump, jump on and do a couple songs. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I'm down. And yeah. I'm sure Tag all the five. kids would be stoked to see that. Tack five minutes onto the bass set, and the impromptu we'll, set is always we'll, good. We'll uh, get the show going for you. Get, so um, heat up the room. The reason we're here, well, part of the reason we're here, is to talk about Warp Tour, and yep. you guys are doing what, like half of it this year. Yep, second half. And. Um, What's kind of interesting is it'll be the first time for Capsize on Warped, but not the first time for you personally because yeah, yeah, yeah. you were doing merch last year yep. for 68. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're a bit of a Warped Tour veteran, but on the crew side instead of the band side. Yep. So are you, uh, are you looking forward to performing uh, uh, instead of doing merch? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is this year with Warped Tour, like, even though I was just doing crew stuff, Last year, like, that kind of got me in the mindset to work super hard on the band end of things. So, honestly, I just feel, like, super prepared, and I'm super glad that I got the chance to work at it before because now I can go in, like, really pointing my band in the right direction and making sure that we're making the best use of our time there. And uh, right. we're, we're definitely going to try and, like, take advantage of the fact that of how big opportunity it is to get to all those people that are interested in the, pretty much the same thing in the same place. So we're definitely going to be doing footwork all day, every day, like working super hard to let people know we have a new record and stuff. So Right, and you have a new record that's going to be coming out while you yep. guys are out. Yep. Uh, do you have a title for it? No. Still no. not announced? That's, that's literally the last detail that's pending right now. Everything's there. Just got the masters. Just got all the art finished, track listing. It's Everything is done except for the album title. Really? Yeah, everything. That's yeah. that's kind of funny. We, we, we even have a music video and still no album title. <laughs> that's so weird. So why is it so difficult for you to come up with that? Honestly, just because like with our last record, I just like you know picked a song title and we just did a title track. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just wanted to do something different this time, and uh, I've just kind of found it a challenge to find something that came supernaturally. So I guess. I'm pretty much just going to be listening to the record on rotation until it, you know, comes to me or whatever. But I just didn't, I didn't want to pull from the lyrics and I didn't want to pull from the titles. I just wanted to like encompass it somehow. And like I said, I'm just being careful about it. So, so the album, the album isn't a, isn't a concept record or anything. No, basically, it's just no. a collection of of songs. So, are you trying to find kind of something that ties it together? Is that the idea, or or can it be something completely um, external? Well, I feel like the songs tie themselves together, but I'm looking to find something that, I don't know, just like encompasses the entire mood of it perfectly. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I was talking to, to uh, Matty Mullins of uh, Memphis May Fire, and he says that 
uh, like Rise Records and, and their band and stuff, they actually try to come up with an album title sometimes even before they've started writing. Oh, really? So they can kind of have you like, yeah, like we're working on this record with a cool name to kind of like start the wheels oh, turning, okay. yeah, you know, start funny. promoting it literally um, before, uh, you know, it's, it's even started, you know, nothing has even started. So that's really funny that you guys are waiting till the last minute and... Um, I've you actually haven't, you haven't, it, you haven't um, you're not going to self-title the record no, or anything. No, no, no. Uh, I've actually ran into other bands myself, too, that they uh, have literally put their new album title on a t-shirt that's for sale at the table, and the record has not even hit the studio. Like, they haven't hit the studio yet. That's they, they only so have pre-pro, funny. but they're promoting the title on a t-shirt. That's so funny, which is, man. I, I don't know what I mean. Maybe if I could have thought of something beforehand, I would have, but... Like I said, that was just like the last thing on my mind while we were recording. I was just trying to make the songs cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. And and it's been a pretty crazy last little while for you. Like, I mean, you got off Warp Tour and uh you know, well, being a crew guy on Warp Tour and now singing for Capsize and you guys have had a pretty whirlwind last like whatever it's been 6 to 9 months. Yeah, yeah. We've been going since August since You guys like, have not stopped. Straight after w- working at Warp Tour, we Went to Australia, straight from Australia, flew to the recording studio and recorded some singles. And then we were home for like a short amount of time. And then we went straight into two different European tours, back to back, straight into your tour. Didn't go home for Christmas, straight into... I know, I know this sounds ridiculous, but yeah. literally after our tour ended in New York, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like just stayed in New York for a bit and then toured to the studio, stayed there for the entire month of January. And then toured back home, and then yeah, we were just home for three weeks right now before going back out again. Yeah, that's that's crazy, you know. And like I thought, I went hard, you know. We, we I mean, my band Silverstein, you know, we still go hard. I mean, we've slowed down maybe a little bit um, from you know our younger days. Yeah, yeah. When we used to go hard, but I don't think we ever went that hard. Like I don't think I ever missed Christmas. Like I've always at least been able to go home for Christmas. Yeah. Um. So you saying you know you missed Christmas, and I think before this started, you said you'd missed like. Three out of four of the last Christmas is just for for being in capsize, and it's like, why? I mean, do you really feel like that's necessary to get your message out there and promote your band? Like, these are the things you have to do to set yourself apart, or, yeah, or what's yeah. kind of your mindset? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I don't even. Whenever we have to endure things like that, like missing Christmas and stuff, I honestly don't. I'm not expecting anyone who follows the band in any sense to even like recognize that I just realized that's kind of the reality of wanting to be as busy as, as we are. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like, it is a big sacrifice, but I honestly don't expect anyone to like realize like exactly what kind of sacrifice it is. I just want to like be able to pursue like what I'm pursuing, like how I am. And you know, even if that means that there's some, you know, harder, harder personal stuff to handle happening in, in the background, like it's honestly still just worth it to me. Like, I don't know. It's just still worth it. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys have had a few setbacks, and yeah. the one that you know I remember the best because it happened uh, when we were around you guys yeah. was you guys getting all your stuff stolen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, literally the day before yeah. you know our tour started, and that happened. Was that in Ohio somewhere? It was, it was actually. Yeah, yeah. The day before. The day before. Yeah, yeah it was literally it, the, was day like, before, was it the day before. Yeah. But yeah. No, it was. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. which is, I mean, horrible timing, and especially, yeah. you know, you guys being from uh, Southern California and that having, have, happening to you, like, the other side of the country, and, I mean, that must have been very, very difficult, and yeah. that would have destroyed 
some bands. Some bands, yeah. some bands would have been fuck it, we're going home. Yeah, yeah. So well, as soon as it happened, like our like manager and label and like pretty much everyone that you know would be involved in, in dealing with a situation like that, like they were all like, oh, like like are you guys gonna go home now? Like that pretty much got asked right away. Right. But before I even told them that we, you know, what happened that we like woke up to like an empty trailer, I'd I still planned on showing up like on the first day of the tour. Like I, I was like, well, this is like the worst thing ever, but <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to the first show. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We just, unless someone in the band like literally fucking dies or like, you know, would have some immediate family members in some super extreme condition. Like no one's going to leave. Like everyone's like extremely, extremely committed. And like the show must go on yeah, as the yeah. cliche goes. Yeah, yeah. Like, unless it's like, okay, this is like a life changing event. Right. Then, ev- then everyone's getting on stage. Yeah. So yeah, it's intense. No. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, you, you touched on a little bit for the people that don't, don't know you guys went to sleep in a hotel and you woke up and you opened your trailer and it was empty. No, no, we didn't open our trailer. <laughs> we walked out to an open trailer. Uh, yeah. So, we got to a hotel in Dayton, Ohio, after we had just played a show in Indianapolis, which was the last day of a headliner leading up to your tour. Uh-huh. So we had that one day off just between the two tours, and yeah, so we drove like you know into the night, and then we didn't even get to the hotel until almost four in the morning, and then at n- nine in the morning, we got a call, and I didn't know it was nine in the morning. I just figured they were calling to say, hey, like, you know, it's checkout time. Like, I was not considering what time it was at all. Yeah, and they were like, "Hey, uh, there's a uh, there's some police at your van right now. Uh, like your van got broken into, and we were like, "Fuck! Like the van got broken into. Like, well, we have most of our personal stuff, so I guess like let's go see how bad it is." But then we walk outside, and the trailer door is literally wide open, and the only thing that was in there was like six boxes of merch and like the like the base cab because obviously that's like the gnarliest thing in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, and, I always I always like we and, used to keep uh, our our base cab like in our drummer's backyard because we're like if somebody wants to steal it Go they ahead. can take yeah, it yeah, yeah. No, like we've, we've like joked around about the fact that we were like they should have just taken the bass cab like that could have just made our lives easier but <laughs> yeah no um yeah it was, it was like like i said just a couple boxes of merch the bass cab which i didn't expect them to want to take and then uh one other like real big drum case but yeah like at, at that point in time like literally everything was gone dude like yeah, it was insane. so horrible. Yeah, it was insane. It's so horrible, and um, you guys dealt with the police. And I understand that it took some time, but you got some weird information along the way, and then you also ended up recovering some stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much, um, yeah. So this is I don't know. I'm trying to figure out just where to start because it was just such a fucking just insane situation. But yeah. okay, so about three or four days after it happened, like this really weird person was hitting us up on the internet and I think I showed you in some of your band you guys did, ab- yeah, about yeah. this. Uh, he was hitting us up on the internet saying like, hey, if I if I were to like share some information with you guys about the whereabouts of your gear, like, like could you compensate me for it? And I was like, dude, like I honestly do not know if you're trying to get a reaction out of me right now. Right. But if it's just some kind of troll. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. if this is trolling, like I guess like you win today, but if you're being serious right now, like that's super unfair. Like don't even message us back. And then he was like, he was like, well, he was like, I'd help you guys out, but like it would put my family on the line. So like, like if you want me to like help you out, like, like I need to know that I'm going to get something out of it. And then, so I just said, all right, well fuck off then I guess like don't bother because we're not going to do that. And then 
shortly after, like, we, like, shared that information. And then shortly after that, the police officers told us that they had caught some people robbing something else that where some of that stuff from another place got taken to. Yeah. Some of our stuff got recognized, I guess. Like, right. so essentially, like, a cop went to a place to go, confirmed that there was stolen stuff there. Yep. And they were like, hey, this is, like, that other stuff that got stolen from, from you know, the same area or whatever. And uh, so anyways, someone got caught up doing a bunch of things, and I guess so our trailer was definitely not the only thing, you know, involved with all the stuff that was happening. They were probably robbing people, you know. On a daily or weekly basis, right, or right, 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 yeah, no, and, absolutely. Uh, so, anyways, so by the time we we made it back to see like what it was that we that we recovered was uh, those people were already in jail for something completely non related to our gear. Yeah. So there was so at that point, like we were just like, well, whatever. Like I guess that's just how it worked out. You know what I mean? So luckily, we did get back a a big chunk of a big chunk of stuff. Um, pretty much like we were still missing some of the higher ticket items like you know guitar head bass like some merch like and some stuff in uh a different condition than when it got taken from us oh yeah there's stuff that had been clearly kind of like roughed around and uh yeah i mean at the end of the day like we didn't like we really really wanted to avoid the like gofundme thing and you know, we weren't trying to, like, make a huge deal out of it. We pretty much just put the word out there, like, letting people know, like, hey, like, it's tough right now, whatever. So sure. Pretty much, like, with what we did get helped out with from, uh, like, a merch company that did us a favor with, like, just, like, an item to go towards, you know, the situation. And then also people just donating a little bit of money just on, you know, them choosing to, not even us having any sort of, like, page for it or whatever. Uh, we were able to get just enough stuff to, like, to like show up to the first show of the tour yep. and like still get on stage without being like, Hey guys, you know, we're the opening band. Can we use everything? You know what I mean? Like, right. So just out of pure, like essentially integrity, we like took every cent of everything that we made for that, like 30 hour time period. Plus like every single cent, like in the band bank account and like got just enough stuff to get on stage with. And then, yeah, of course. And then, uh, but by the time everything had worked back out, like, you know, we got to sell back some of the, other stuff and yeah it ended up it ended up pretty much evening out with with what you lost yeah with what we lost versus what we got helped with right right and i'm sure like if 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 all of a sudden all your gear turned up like the next day you know um you know people still are trying to support you because they like want your band to succeed as fans of your band and stuff you know so um i don't think anyone would have felt slighted like what the fuck i gave them like 50 bucks and then they found all their gear i want my 50 bucks back like, yeah, yeah yeah i don't really think that that that's how people's minds yeah work. no i'm not even I, no, um, I wasn't afraid of that I, right, I, i'm right. just saying that like at the end of the day like we didn't really lose anything but we definitely didn't gain anything either we right. just like made well, it out you gained yeah. the ability to finish the tour yeah and, and all that and and you know and that tour went directly into you know you didn't go home for christmas yeah, yeah. and you made a new record yeah I feel like the, com- the conversation got like really dark for a second. Yeah, that's that. okay though. <laughs> I like that, man. And we're, now we're going back to the uh, back to the bright side. Well, kind of yeah. on the Warp Tour. Um, yeah. Have you speaking of of the dark side of Warp Tour? Have you been? Have any of the other guys in your band done Warp Tour before? No. So no. they don't know about the hardships that you know no. a little bit of I like mean, how to, far I've, you have to push your gear, yeah, how yeah. hot it gets. I've tried to explain it to an extent, but at the end of the day, like. 
I'm pretty proud of the way my band like carries themselves, and I honestly think that they're all going to be out there like putting their best foot forward, and no one's going right. to be complaining about it. Like, I know like what Warp Tour does to people, and I think that my band like has it in them to like handle it totally fun. What kind of vehicle are you going to be uh, be in for this? <laughs> in our same van that we're in. You right doing now, a van? Yeah. yeah of oh course. boy. I was hoping I'm talking to a bunch of people for for this uh, special. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be the only uh, only band doing it in a van, and that is gnarly, <laughs> man. Yeah. We keep it real. Because you get in a bus with with 68. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, dude, you be careful, man. That those drives yeah. are far. And I know. Yeah. Actually, the routing this year is not that bad. The routing this year I saw is is better than than definitely than than last year when we did it. But, uh, dude, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, no, we got it easy. control, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, Daniel, thank you for uh, for coming by. New Capsize record coming out yep. on Warp Tour. Yep. Uh, they're going to be not stopping anytime soon, no matter what comes their way. Um, Daniel, we always play music on this podcast. I want to play a Capsize song. What can I play? What can I play for the people? Cool. So uh, our newest single that we have online right now is uh, a single from the fall, like I was talking about before. It's called You Can't Come Home the Same. You Can't Come Home the Same. Yep. All right, here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thanks, Daniel. Yep, thank you.
All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It was really great, man. Three great singers, three great bands, three bands performing this summer on the Vans Warp Tour. So make sure you got your tickets. They're on sale now. The full lineup is announced. It looks like a great lineup from top to bottom. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because tomorrow I'm going to be back with three more singers also on this year's tour. You're going to have to come back tomorrow to find out who it is, but it's going to be awesome. Thanks again. This is Shane. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace and love. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.